What is up, everybody, and welcome to episode 12 of PogRx. I am your host, GamerDoc, and I am super pumped about this episode, as I am every episode, as I probably say at the beginning of every single show. It's been a good week. It's been a fun week. I was am coming on board to Evil Geniuses as their wellness and performance coach, and I have been just diving into every single aspect of health and performance uh, and, and what I really think can be implemented immediately. So it's been really cool, especially for the show, because I've had all of these ideas and I'm getting a lot of feedback from players and from coaches, and it's been fantastic. So I'm excited to pass that knowledge along to you guys, because I think it's hard because there's a lot of gatekeeping in this field where, and I don't think it's it's bad, uh, maybe gatekeeping isn't the correct word, but if you're a esports performance coach or someone who gets paid to make players better, if you share your knowledge publicly, then what is your need? Why do people need you? Why do they need to pay you? And I think that comes from you know, where does your job security come from? And, and this is completely off topic, but I think relevant. Where does job security come from? Well, you can do a job that no one else wants to do. We're too lazy to do. So food delivery, grocery delivery, picking up garbage, you know, people, I don't want to go to Whole Foods and order food, right? And pick up and go grocery shopping because I'm busy. So I'm going to have someone else do that. And I'm going to pay them to do that. I'm too lazy to do that. That's where their job security comes from. I'm never going to not be lazy. Uh, I think another thing is providing a service that no one else provides, and that's where esports performance and wellness coaching is right now. There aren't a lot of us, and so we have job security knowing that the resources are very limited. And so by increasing the pool of resources, we are threatening our job security, if your job security comes from that. But I believe you know true job security, and this is in esports, this is in any other thing, comes from being the very best at what you do right? It doesn't matter how many other people are doing what you do. It doesn't matter if the person can do what you're doing themselves. What matters is that you are the very best in your field and that applies to gaming. So how do you become the very best gamer, the subject of this podcast, the subject of every single episode of this podcast? And today what I really want to focus on is something that's not very sexy, right? I, I feel like I can give you the, the, the one-off tidbits, like practice skill-specific drills, right? Practice aim, let's practice hand-eye coordination. And that is something that you can actively go out and do that's fun and you, know, you can make a TikTok out of it, you make content out of it. But this one isn't sexy. Organization, organization, being organized. And what I mean by that is like, don't go out and organize your drawers because my drawers are terrible and I'm never gonna organize my drawers. Please don't make me organize my drawers. What I mean by that is, setting goals and setting steps to those goals and then holding yourself accountable for completing those goals. So what I want you to do right now is you, and after I say this, you can pause the podcast. You can just let, just think about it and do whatever you want. You can continue to ignore me. I want you to think about where you want to be in one year, what you want to be doing in one year from now, what is your life going to look like? And that doesn't have to be being signed to an esports team. I mean, it can be if that's your goal. Fantastic. Write that down. But it could be, you know, I want to be diamond or higher in solo queue for league. I want to compete in the FNCS. I want to be the head coach of a collegiate esports organization. A year from now, what do you want to do? And think about that. And think about that and write that down. And after you write that down, I want you to say, 
what steps do I need to take to get there? And this is where a lot of people falter. We all are pretty good at dreaming, right? We have the idea of where we want to be. We, we sit down and we envision what life will be like if we're like that. You know, what would it be like if we're behind the scenes at Dota, at the International, if we're, you know, coaching a team. It's going to be so fun. Think about the steps you need to do to get there. And that is really what separates successful people from not successful people is you break it down and you organize it. Okay, so you want to be diamond in league, right? You have to keep up with the meta. You have to keep up with the way the game changes. So patch notes are released every two weeks. Mark it in your calendars. When those patch notes are released, read them. Read through them. Which champions are good now? Which champions are bad? Why are they bad? So now when you join into a game of League and you see there's bad ch the champions that got nerfed, the other players might not know it. They might not be keeping up with patch notes. Exploit their weaknesses. Play the champions who are good because that's going to improve your overall game knowledge, right? If you have more familiarity with more champions, that's going to keep up with the meta and that's going to improve your game knowledge. If you have a team that you watch, Figure out when their games are, mark it in your calendars, either try and tune in live or watch the VODs after. If you don't have a team you like, just look up when the major events are for that game or for that, yeah, for that game and watch because the commentators are literally paid for their game knowledge. What you can learn from commentators from in-game are huge, huge stuff that you may not have had any idea, especially if you're not reading patch notes. The, the, the team compositions that the pros are using also is super important and you can learn a lot from them. Their ADC and support are a combo that is remarkably effective. All right, well, you use that. Take that knowledge. Get better. Not only is this going to make you better, but it's going to teach you the skills to succeed because successful people have developed skills along the way to make them successful that will continue to allow them to become successful because once you get the thing you want you have to keep the thing you want it's not just assumed right if you get the job you want and then all of a sudden stop doing all of those behaviors you're gonna get fired you're gonna get fired practice your key combinations right so if i want to be diamonds or, or greater in league i need to practice what i need to do in each game scenario so i'm 1v1ing someone in top and they decide to engage with me in early game, in the lane phase. What are my key combinations, right? If I'm playing Darius, what are my key combinations? If I'm playing Ash, what are my key combinations? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit him with the WQE. Okay, practice that. Practice those buttons over and over again. Don't look down. Practice those buttons over and over again. Sit there, close your eyes, hold the mouse and the keyboard in your hands. Imagine that's what's happening. Move your key, move your mouse, click those buttons. Do that for every single game scenario that you could be in. You're in a team fight and you get cornered. All right, you gotta get out of there. You gotta use your flash, flash. What are your, you turn around, hit them with your slow, your slowing button and, and move on, right? Practice those key combinations. These are the steps that you need to go through to make it to your goal. Your aim needs to be good. You got to solo queue X amount of weeks. You got to put this amount of practice in. Write all of those steps down and create a to-do list. Every week I need to be doing, I need to watch two games of league. I need to play for 20 hours. I need to practice my aim for two hours. I need to exercise four times. Write that down. 
that to-do lists are remarkable. Our brains are really, really dumb, but also really, really smart. And how you make your brain smarter is by creating goals for it to accomplish. If your brain has goals, it's going to perform better. I think I've used this analogy before, but we're going to do it again. Red Bull strapped a bunch of pro mountain bikers with high-tech sensors, put them into the Sierra Mountains, Sierra Nevada Mountains, and said, bike. Right? They didn't give them a goal. Half of them burnt out too soon and their performance decayed at the end. The other half didn't ever reach their peak and so ended with their untapped reservoirs still available. The next, you know, they let them recover and they said, okay, go bike 10 miles. Every single person's performance improved. If you are walking around all day being like, I want to get better at League. I want to get better at Fortnite. I want to get better at Call of Duty. You are setting yourself up for failure because your brain needs goals. Okay. Here's my goal. I can't, if I'm solo queuing, I cannot control if the team wins or not. But I want to go positive in my KD and I want to farm the most gold on my team. I want my CS to be higher than my, uh, the other, my opponent's CS, right? If I'm, if I'm on Call of Duty, I want my accuracy to be greater than 90%. I want my accuracy to be greater than 80%, right? You need to set goals for your brain to achieve. Otherwise, you're setting yourself up for failure. All right, that's what I want you to do. That's all I want you to do. It's literally all I want you to do is make a to-do list. Can you make that to-do list? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. The only thing that's stopping you from you. And if you, a week from, a week from now, a year from now, you're in the same spot you are right now, I want you to look back on this conversation and be like, I wonder if things would have been different if I would have organized my life. Don't organize your drawers. Organize your life. That's all I've got for our lovely little intro. But before we go to our fantastic guest, here it is, your Pog RX. Plank push-ups are a great way to work out the core as well as focus on wrist flexibility and strength. Start at the top of a push-up position with your hands and feet on the ground. Pinch your shoulder blades together, keep your core tight, and don't allow your butt to drop. Starting on one side, drop from your hand to your forearm, repeating on the other side. You should now be in a more traditional plank position with both forearms in contact with the ground. Then, starting on the same side, return the weight to your hand and extend your arm, repeat on the other side, returning to the starting position. Do this until you forget about that negative kill-death ratio. Alright y'all, we are giving you the tools you need to succeed in video gaming in little finite, bite-sized chunks. Little chunks. So do it. Do it. That was your PogRx. Now it is time for our guest. Jess Brohard has been in the esports scene for like 50 years. Well, it's 10 years, but she's been, she's done everything. She has been an interviewer, a broadcaster. She's a host. She's mostly involved in Call of Duty right now, but has had her hand in almost every single field of esports. Uh, she's a partner Twitch streamer, was one of the very early Twitch streamers. I think she got her start at Justin TV, if I'm not wrong. Um, and ha- just is an esports expert. She's seen so many areas of video gaming that not a lot of people have seen, right? You, what's happening at those partner parties? What's happening at the hotels, right? Like, are people actually using the gyms? Are people waking up and exercising? Are they going to the buffet? And so I'm really excited because her take on the industry is so different than if we would have brought a player or a coach on because they only know what's going on with their team and they're a little biased, right? 
they're a little biased. They want everyone wants to say that their team, what they're doing is better. But with Jess, we have this, you know, eye that is neutral and unbiased. So I'm really pumped. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's welcome our guest to the show. Jess Brohard, welcome to PogRx. How are you doing on this lovely morning? I'm amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I know, you know, we were kind of chatting offline. I apologize. My hair is wet. Y'all are going to see it like expand as it goes through the episode because I just went for a run and a shower and all that good stuff. We're very proud of you. Uh, I just did a couple of pull-ups before this. That's all. Nice. (laughs) So we were, you know, chatting before this and I'm going to, we're going to try and keep this interview brief so you might not see Jess's hair expand too much because (laughs) if you don't know Jess Brohard, I don't know who you are, but uh, Jess has been in, you've been in esports for 10 years now. You know, you've been hosting, broadcasting, creating content, interviewing people, you know, you're on camera, you're behind the scenes, you're in every aspect of esports and gaming. Um, And so you get to see the different players involved, the teams involved, everything that goes in behind the scenes. So I guess my question for for people who have never been to an esports event or might just watch them, like what is happening at those things? A lot. A lot is happening. I mean, you know, on the surface level, it's all right. We are playing games competitively, but it's so much more than that also because esports is such a community for a mm-hmm. lot of people. And something I have observed from kind of the beginning of, of getting into esports is that you have a lot of people who are like gamers but aren't really into the competitive side. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of people who are like into the competitive side but not really gamers. And then you have a mix of both. And no matter what like segment of the esports or gaming kind of population you consider yourself to be, there's so much community to be like found. And like I know so many people who... Um, would tell me that they don't really play StarCraft, but they loved watching like competitive StarCraft back in the day, or StarCraft 2, of course, is what I'm talking about, yeah. really. Um, and it's like partially just because there's such a thriving community and so many friendships to be made, even if you don't necessarily play that game. And same with Dota, because like Dota is such a complicated game. So many people love watching for the entertainment value. The broadcasts are so well produced. The talent is top notch, even though they've like never really played a game. So it's kind of a really interesting, I don't know, I love esports. I've been watching the international right now, and I've I've only played like five games of Dota in my life, but I've been watching the international because the production is so cool. Like right. the, the 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 even like the cutscenes and the music, everything is so exciting. So for people who don't know, the international is is the Dota's like big event every year. So if you're a Dota player, what is my day looking like when I'm at TI? That is a interesting question because i think there's like a lot that kind of goes on behind the scenes that people don't know about and um 
you know, these are long days and it's not just show up and go up on stage and play a game. It's, um, there's usually a significant amount of like media stuff that these players have to go through. Um, and these events also can be really long. It's different in, you know, the bulk of my work has been in the Call of Duty mm -hmm. scene in recent years. Um, but Dota 2 is uh, very similar in terms yeah. of, or I'm sorry, I, I would say even Dota 2 has events that are like longer and bigger and even more um, mentally probably taxing than Call of Duty. Because Call of Duty is typically like a four day long event and right. not that that's not stressful, but uh, Dota will have like month long events because you have a ton of like qualifying matches and a bunch of like lead up and stuff before you get to even the main event. And then so then once you're at the main event, um, like I said, you have all this media stuff because there's usually official headshots and other, um, you know, kind of, like I said, media stuff that you have to do. Um, there's scrims. There are often other obligations. Mm -hmm. Like I know Dota has a lot of really cool stuff around like player cards. And I'm sure yes. that is, you know, somewhat of a time commitment that the players have to either, you know, like I said, that's part of the, the headshots that they're taking, or sometimes they have to do like autographs for them or, you know, just a ton of other stuff. Um, so it can be really, really long days and really, uh, really stressful. The, the long days often are followed by long nights, um, not if you have a match the next morning, but one of the things that really was remarkable to me when I entered the esports space is how much these people party. Yeah. Like, and I think a lot of it is the, the you know, you don't get that gradual exposure to limelight. It's you're just like thrust into the scene. Suddenly everyone wants to buy you dinner. Everyone wants to take you out. Everyone wants to buy you a drink. Um, you have been really wonderful about sharing um, your experiences and, and, and reflecting on it in a really neutral way, which I think is fantastic. Um, do you think that's like that, that exposure and that, that lifestyle is detrimental to people or is it good for them? Like what's going on? I think there's a lot to unpack and I think <laughs> one thing you're getting at which I love the way you put this and I, I will be the first one to say it I'm I'm an, uh, an alcoholic in recovery I stopped drinking about three years ago and I assume that's kind of what you're alluding to because as you said I've spoken openly before about how um, gaming and esports is a very very party heavy industry there's a lot of substances used and I'm never going to name any you know specific players or personalities or anything like that I'm not going to throw anyone Imagine under the bus if you did <laughs> right <laughs> drama alert um no you know there's and there's a lot of there's there's a lot that i don't know mm -hmm. but i only speak really from what i've observed in my own personal experiences and you know my own personal experience is that well i was already an alcoholic but i i was kept in denial for a long time because the party heavy culture of the scene um made me think that my behavior was normal um, because it felt very normalized. I would kind of look around and it felt like everyone else was partying just as hard as I was. Um, you know, and of course my substance of choice was always, you know, alcohol, but I've heard a lot of, you know, rumors and more than rumors about other substances as well. And I think, um, it can be challenging for kind of younger players, um, you know, both players and talent, um, kind of anyone who's like involved in the scene like that, because, it seems like the thing to do, you know, I, and I will say this, most professional gamers that I've observed are, you know, they go to these events and they're focused on the event. Right. And then maybe they'll do the partying after the event wraps up. Or if they're a team that, that loses, um, they get eliminated, then they'll go partying because it doesn't matter. You know, they have nothing they need to get a good night's sleep for, be rested for, they don't have to have that focus and that stamina. Um, but, uh, you know, because obviously it's like, it's fun, you know, you play video games for a living and then you go out and you party and everyone wants to 
come hang out with you and everyone wants to buy you drinks, like you said, and it can be a very like attractive lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I would say it's not, it's, 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 it's hard for me to say because there is also, I think a modicum of like personal responsibility you have to have. And, you know, you can say, all right, well, I'm not going to engage in these activities because I find that detrimental versus it's not necessarily inherently bad. But then at the same time, it's like, well, technically what I've heard, and obviously you're a doctor, you know, technically any amount of alcohol is not really good for you. So, um, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to say whether it, that kind of lifestyle is necessarily detrimental to anyone, but I would say it can be really difficult if you don't have kind of the self-control in yeah. place to make the best decisions for yourself. It's very easy to get caught up in what everyone else is doing and go too far, I would yeah. say. I don't know. I know that's kind of a... Not really a non-committal answer, but hopefully someone can glean some sort of wisdom from that. No, but you're totally right because the the space encourages and, and normalizes behavior. So you go out to a bar and everyone's buying shots and everyone's getting, you know, everyone is getting inebriated. And it feels like, though, if you don't go to that bar, sometimes you're not making those connections and those relationships that are so, that feel yeah. so integral to esports. So how do you balance healthy you know, healthy um, aversion to that stuff, but also maintaining esports relationships and, and not getting pressured in that scene. Because I feel like even if you're 21, 22, and you know you shouldn't be doing that stuff, it might feel necessary. Yeah. And I think I really like that you, the way you put that when you said it might feel necessary. Yeah. Because yes. Yes. I think, so in my personal experience, I never had anyone explicitly to my memory come out and say, but you know, again, I used to drink a lot, so I don't quite remember. To my memory, I don't recall anyone ever explicitly saying in these words, like, you have to party, you have to go to these things, right. you have to, well, I mean, as, as I say it out loud, yeah, actually, they, they I mean, nobody, nobody was saying I had to drink. I wanted to right. be clear, nobody ever said, like, you have to party, but. You I have to come out, you have to come yeah. to the bar, you have like, to come to this minimum. Event. Yes, it's more, it was like people would say like, oh, for the networking, like you have to be at this party. You need to be at this party. Like you'll make all the good connections at the bar afterwards. And there also is that especially added pressure for when you are maybe an aspiring pro player or like an aspiring yeah. talent and you come to these events on your own dime and then you go to the bars to try to kind of mix and mingle with the people who have made it, who are established and you're trying to, you know, buy a drink and network with them and everything like that. There is that, that pressure to party. Um, but I would say, like, you don't have to. Um, and you can go to these events without drinking. Um, I'm not saying, like, and I'm not saying I don't condemn all drinking. I don't judge other people. Right. For no, you never have like, seemed condemning or judgy ever. Thank you. Because that's, like, that, that's kind of side note. That is the one thing about, like, when people find out that I don't drink, it's almost a defense mechanism that kind of backpedal and they go, oh, well, I don't drink that much. And they feel like they need to, like, justify their own drinking. I don't care what you do. It doesn't affect <laughs> me. I'm not judging you. You know, unless it affects me, I do not judge you at all. So right. I just want that to be clear. And I don't, I don't, I don't judge people who drink, um, obviously. Um, but I think that you, you, you don't have to drink. You can go to these events and not drink. If you don't want to, you can go and you can drink a little if you want to. But like, I guess I also have seen too often just people, you know, people getting sloppy. And I guess that's, that's the other thing I will say is I think the industry is, does a pretty good job of like when people truly get sloppy, like people talk, you know, yes. and it's not, yes. it's never a good look. No one, no one is ever encouraged to get sloppy. Mm -hmm. um, so if you do feel pressure to go to these events and network, and I guess from, from my part, like, because I don't, because I don't drink, 
being at a bar with a bunch of people who are drinking, again, not judging, it's just not fun for me. There's nothing for me. So I tend to just kind of not even go to yeah. those things, you know, like I'm, I'm comfortable enough in a bar setting. It's just not fun. So I just don't go. So like you do not have to, but it can feel like there is a lot of pressure to do yeah. so. Um, and, but like you, here's the other piece of the puzzle is all of my relationships in my life have gotten better since I stopped drinking. And I think that's kind of proof that like you, you don't need to yeah. go to these kinds of things in order to network, to make those connections and to form those relationships. Your relationships can be a lot more genuine without that layer of social lubrication. Yeah. And if you can't like sit in at coffee with someone and talk to them for an hour, then like they're probably not your friend. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either if, if you can't have a conversation over, like if you, if you can't, I don't know. And I don't like, cause I understand there are, you know, I'm someone who I, I have social anxiety. So I definitely understand the feeling of, oh, I need to drink to loosen up and have that like social lubrication or whatever. But yeah, if you don't have, if you can't find common ground with someone without the helper of booze, mm -hmm. then you, you probably just aren't really meant to have a connection with that person. You're, you, if you can't have a conversation without drinking, then you don't talk to that Preach. person. I don't know. <laughs> Preach. So I want to switch gears here because there is other aspects of, um, you know, the game and esports lifestyle that you have been a huge proponent of. Um, you are a big fitness person, which I love. Exercise has incredible, incredible implications for health. Um, have you always been into fitness? Was it something that happened more when you got into esports and gaming? Can we talk about no, that journey? Yeah, totally. I would love to talk about that. So that's more of a newer thing in my life, I would say. So because as you mentioned, I've been in esports and gaming for a while. I, I basically got into working in gaming full time in 2013. And then I stopped drinking and started exercising at the same time, pretty much wow. in 2018. Um, and it was partially like prior to October 2018, I had been like a very casual runner. Like I would go on a handful mm -hmm. of runs a year. You know, I had done like a 5K before, but I never took it seriously. And I did it for like, you know, I didn't, ha I don't know. I, I was really aimless with my running, wasn't consistent, et cetera. Had never lifted weights at all. And then um, right at around the same time that I stopped drinking, I also met my now fiance and he's a personal trainer. Yeah, congrats. So that was part of it. <laughs> so what'd you say? Congrats. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I haven't talked. I didn't like, cause I wasn't super public about like, it was back in April we got engaged, but um, yeah, I wasn't super, super like, announcement I got you know because I was like it's my personal life nobody cares about that um I care. but uh so it was it was partially that you know oh well he's going to the gym and he kind of introduced me to this new world that I fell in love with and it was also partially that like after I stopped filling my days with like drinking and being hung over and like that endless cycle like I had so much more free time on my hands and so much more energy and a lot of it was like nervous anxious energy mm -hmm. and like what better way to burn off anxious energy than to like run and lift. And so my fiance showed me how to lift. Um, and then he also, you know, was an active runner and had done, um, half marathons and 10 Ks and five Ks and all that. So we both got, you know, really, really into that at the same time, which is fun. Cause it's like a built in, you know, running buddy. Um, and yeah, it's been awesome. Like it's, you know, it, it, it almost felt like it was like pretty much overnight. It really almost felt like it was an overnight transformation of like, stop drinking, start exercising. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and it wasn't like, which feels like it's like a lot of like very healthy decisions right in a row. And I wasn't even like focused on my health. It was more of like a survival thing. Like I have to just get through this day without drinking. So, all right, I guess yeah. I'm going to go on a run because I can't really drink while I'm running kind of thing. And then it evolved into something so much more beautiful. And now like fitness is such 
a major part of my life and, mm-hmm. you know, my main hobby and I have a huge passion for it. And especially because it is so like there there have been so many studies about how your physical health and fitness helps your mental acuity. Yeah. And that is something that, you know, then they've done further studies on your, your mental health is great for your gaming skill. And so it's just like, a, there's an undeniable link between physical fitness and gaming skill as like crazy as that might sound. If you're like, haven't really kind of explored that subject area at all, but it makes really a lot of sense, I think. And like, we, you know, we see so many esports teams even doing things like building um, gym time into their practice schedule, their scrim schedule, I have heard of teams hiring um, personal trainers as well as physical therapists um, because in addition to, you know, obviously I think probably the best way, and again, I'm not a personal trainer, I'm not a doctor or anything like that, but it seems pretty clear that the best way to like prevent injury and such is to like already, you know, have that sort of baseline fitness and, you know, maintain sort of like preventing rather than treating an injury. Um, Because obviously it's easier to prevent an injury than it is to like treat one. And even though esports isn't like obviously a physical contact sport, there's so many um, issues with like back problems, wrist problems, vision strain, just so many physical things that can seriously go wrong yep. even when you're just sitting at a chair. Yeah, I com- couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more with everything you just said. And you're right, like healthy behaviors do snowball, right? So you do one yeah. healthy thing and you're more likely to do another healthy thing. Last night I hadn't worked out in three days and all I wanted to do was sit on the couch and watch Monday Night Football. But instead I got up and I went to the gym and I have so much more energy today than I did yesterday because of that exercise. And you're completely mm-hmm. right. Exercise helps with with gaming. It completely does. Um, it, it boosts blood flow to the brain. It helps you work on memory formation and accuracy. And there's there's just exponential and I think what's what's really cool is you share your fitness journey on Twitter, much to the dismay of all the um, betas out there. But uh, <laughs> you you know, you share your journey, and it, it's inspiring because it's like you know you see someone you admire exercising, and you want to exercise, and that's why like top down, you know, having esports athletes and content creators be vocal about their exercise and their journeys is is so helpful because it it affects yeah. the people who influence. Yeah, exactly. And I never, I've never used the term influencer to describe myself unless it's like in terms of a contract that I'm signing where it's, you know, the influencer and the client or whatever. But um, truly that is one of the reasons why I kind of share my fitness progress and talk about it and am so vocal is like, because like, I know that people don't like to be told what to do. And also again, as someone who is not like, I don't work in the physical fitness field and I don't work in the medical profession and I don't feel like I am qualified to be telling anyone, hey, you guys need to exercise. You should tell people that. You are qualified. I give you an honorary card. Then let me, me, I guess I just, in general, I just don't like telling people what to do. (laughs) But I would rather, I guess, maybe almost lead by example and just kind of tell people, hey, here's what I'm doing. This is what I do. And then let them be inspired by that, hopefully. You know, not everyone is going to be. But, like, I know some people will tell me things like that, that they have been, like, motivated to go to the gym because they see me doing it. And it's also just kind of a whole, like, like, I can almost take, like, a holistic approach to it where I hope that the, like, great results that I'm getting from all the things that I do in my life, like going to therapy or exercising or all this stuff, I just kind of hope that the benefits just show in, like, my work and what I do and, like, how 
you know, healthy and happy, I, I feel, really. And I hope that somebody is able to take something away from that because I think it's way more effective of a message of, wow, look at this person. You know, they're doing this thing and they're feeling this way. You know, maybe I should try that. I feel like that's better than almost me like advertising, being like, hey, you guys should go to the gym. You should get a personal trainer kind of thing. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, so one last question for you. The name of the show is PogRx, Play of the Game Prescription, because I'm a big nerd. And if you are, you know, this isn't medical advice, but say you obtain your doctorate tomorrow and you're going to write a prescription to every single gamer and aspiring esports pro out there, one thing that they can do to get better at gaming that you've seen in your experience, what is it going to be? For some reason, the main thing my mind goes to is strengthening your core and back so that you don't get like back strain, back injuries. Um, and the one reason, in one reason in particular I prescribe that is because I feel like that is like at least, at least on my timeline, the number one sort of like injury that I that I hear about, um, or the number one thing that people will. Like sometimes when I'm tweeting about health and fitness, people will be like, oh, my back hurts just looking at that. And I'm like, well, if you're, you know, if your back hurts, if you exercise more and strengthen those core muscles and those back muscles, maybe your back wouldn't hurt. Like it's, it's kind of a cause and effect thing. It's like, it's not that your back will hurt because you're exercising. It's that like your back hurts because you don't exercise. Exactly. exactly. And there's this really interesting study on professional pitchers in the Major League Baseball, and it found that as they threw more and more pitches, core and back stability became more important for stabilizing their hand. Mm. So if you're playing video games for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and you're fatiguing those small muscles, core strengthening, not only for injury prevention, which you're totally right, will help you play better, will help you with aim and control. So you are spot on. Um, Jess Brower, this has been amazing. Thank you for coming on the show. Is there any, so your Twitter handle has been below you this whole time. Uh, is there anything else you want to call attention to or anything you would like to discuss? Um, yeah, most of my social media is uh, Jess Brohard. Sorry, I punched my mic. I don't know where on the screen it is, but wherever wherever you see my lower third, at Jess Brohard, that's also my, that's my Twitter, Instagram, on YouTube. Um, on, on YouTube, I um, do kind of semi-educational content that's kind of geared toward how to um, get into hosting, casting, and content creation as a profession and how to improve on all of those things once you've gotten started. And then the only of my social media that's different is my Twitch channel, which is just twitch.tv slash Jess. Such a flex. And yeah. Such a flex. <laughs> well, as we said, I'm super old. I've been on Twitch since before it was Twitch, since it was Justin TV. My account was created. You can look this up. My account was created September 11th, 2011. Oh so literally over 10 years on Twitch. And that's so amazing. that's how I got the OG Jess name. I know. I know. I remember when you told me that I was like, excuse me, what? Like, yeah, I can't even yeah. get GamerDoc, and you have Jess. <laughs> but Jess, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Like I said, you are one of, you know, when people think of esports, I think of you. you and so it's, you. you know, just thank you for sharing your wisdom with us, and have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for having me, and I hope you have a wonderful day, too. Jess Brohard wants you to work on your back and your core strengthening I love that. I love that so much. It goes in very nicely with our Pog RX. It is so important to your health. Back pain is terrible. It's like, I think every single American is going to experience back pain in their life and it can be crippling. Fun fact, I herniated a disc one week before my wedding. That was fun. And guess what? Guess how I did it? Guess how I did it? I did it from sitting in an Ikea dining room chair for six months, working 12 hours a day. 
is terrible. I hope you never have to deal with that. And how you're never going to have to deal with that is by strengthening your back and your core. So thank you all for tuning in. This has been another wonderful episode of PogRx. I'm your host, GamerDoc. Follow me on Twitter at GamerDoc underscore for more semi-educational materials. Have a happy and a healthy week. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. For more information, follow GamerDoc on Twitter at GamerDoc underscore. And please remember, nothing in this video is medical advice. Yes, I am a doctor, and yes, you may need help. But this is the internet, and this is for entertainment informational purposes only. Thank you, and have a very nice day.